you know, there's no way that even even Google can knock them off trying to play catch up the way that they were. DigitalMarketingRadio.com The big interview with David Bain. What's the best way to get started with LinkedIn advertising? Where do ads appear on LinkedIn and what targeting options are available? Plus, what are the common mistakes made when advertising on LinkedIn? Those are just a few of the questions that I intend to ask my special guest today, Robert Brady. Robert, welcome to DMR. Oh, glad to be here. Well, Robert is the founder and PPC wizard at Righteous Marketing. He's a Google partner, a Bing Ads accredited professional, and also certified with marketing experiments for online testing and landing page optimization. So, Robert, you've recently been doing a lot of work using LinkedIn ads. What makes LinkedIn unique compared with other pay-per-click networks? I would say the main advantage with LinkedIn is the fact that when someone is using LinkedIn, they're in a business mindset. Uh, with Twitter or Facebook, you know, the other social networks that are having a lot of success with their PPC networks, uh, people can be there for various reasons, um, whether it's looking for news, uh, keeping up with their friends, or even just kind of frittering time away on the internet. Um, but when someone is on LinkedIn, they're there with a purpose. Uh, and whether that's a salesperson who's trying to obtain information on a contact at a company that they want to reach, if it's a job seeker researching companies they want to work for, or recruiters looking for uh, potential hires, uh, or even just you know executives who are seeing what you know their colleagues or other executives are up to. Uh, when people are on LinkedIn, they're in a business mindset, they have a purpose. And so if you can show uh, a business-related advertisement or an advertisement that's relative, that's related to you know, whatever their business objective might be, it's the right message to the right people at the right time. Uh, and that's a recipe for success on any network. And I feel it's why LinkedIn is a really great asset right now in the PPC world. So can LinkedIn work for any type of business, or is it just appropriate for a B2B type business? There are probably two main factors that someone needs to consider when they analyze whether or not LinkedIn will work for them. The first is that LinkedIn does have a minimum cost per click of $2. And realistically, even though that's the minimum you can bid, if you're not bidding, you know, three or four dollars, you're probably not going to get many impressions. And so for a lot of businesses, that is cost prohibitive and it won't make a lot of sense to them. Uh, the second is how well do you know your customer demographic profile? If you can define your audience according to a professional persona, you know what industry they tend to work in, what types of job titles they tend to have, uh, what skills they might have in a professional sense. If you can define a persona in that way, uh, whether your offer is you know, a business-to-consumer offer or business-to-business, -business, you can have a lot of success. 
because the targeting allows you to reach, you know, again, getting in front of the right people. And so even if you're offering something that is a consumer purchase, uh, if you know who those customers are and can define your persona that way, you can still have a lot of success on LinkedIn. Um, that being said, uh, the best success stories that I've experienced and seen uh, have been business-to-business type companies. Okay. And um, I mean, I haven't really um, experimented with LinkedIn advertising at all, really. So, I mean, where about do ads appear on LinkedIn and what what kind of targeting options are actually available? Yeah, LinkedIn has a handful of different advertising options. Uh, primarily what I've worked with in the, with my clients is what they consider the self-serve platform. And the self-serve platform ads come in two flavors. One are the sponsored updates where it's like a news story that someone has you know, shared via LinkedIn. Uh, it appears in the main feed of the LinkedIn homepage. And other than a little, you know, there's a little tag that says sponsored in the upper right. Um, but otherwise, it looks just like uh, an article that one of their connections may have shared. Those have much better click-through rates because they're being presented uh, in a format that makes them feel more organic. Uh, and then the second flavor that you have is the, you know, kind of the, the right side ads. They appear in a little unit that has three ads. Each one has a 50 by 50 image included with it, a headline, and then, you know, the car- the uh, the body of the ad. And, you know, if they click on that, it will take them to your website or wherever you're sending them. Those appear in the right rail and LinkedIn moves them around sometimes for testing purposes, but usually towards the bottom. Uh, those are the ones that I've worked with most directly uh, through their marketing solutions team. They also have a couple of placements that you can get, uh, which is the right side at the very top. It's a 300 by 250 unit, typically more of a kind of a, a banner, you know, a banner ad, a big image. Uh, and then also there's a single line ad that you'll see up near the top of the navigation uh, where it's usually a single line text ad that's also through their marketing solutions team. Okay, yeah, I, I guess um, it's it's fairly passive um, um, ad- advertising because um, it's not something that I would think the majority of LinkedIn users would actively notice. Um, so, I mean, what, what kind of click-through rate might uh, an advertiser expect from that? With the self-serve ads that appear in the three-pack on the right, sidebar, the average is approximately 0.03%, which, you know, is really, really low. Uh, But that's because of the placements and, you know, people are in a business mindset. And so they don't often click on those ads or pay pay a ton of attention to them. Um, If you get a sponsored update in the, you know, main column, uh, it's pretty pretty usual to see something around a 1% click-through rate on those because they have a much more organic feel to them. And, you know, that's that's where you'll get a lot of the volume is through the sponsored updates and not as much through the right side ads. Okay, so you get a lot of volume through that, but um, would that mean that the quality of the traffic would be diminished? 
it depends on what kind of offer you're presenting. Usually the offers which do best as sponsored updates are early funnel type offers where uh, you're presenting, you know, really good information. You're offering some type of a digital asset for free. Uh, as you get further down, you know, a lead funnel on the B2, using B2B as an example, uh, if you're pushing really hard towards, uh, you know, like say a, a demo where a salesman is going to call them, uh, those typically, you know, you, you're going to get a lot of clicks having them in a sponsored update and you're probably going to chase a lot of them off when they get to the landing page um, because that's, pre, you know, that's quite a bit of pressure coming from something that seemed organic and so they're not really prepared for it. Uh, however, with those right-side ads, uh, they do have really low click-through rates, but the people who do click them uh, tend to be pretty engaged because, you know, they they read the ad, it was interesting to them, and uh, you can have really good results from those even with the, you know, low click-through rates. Okay, uh, so low click-through rate percentages, but in terms of traffic volume, um, is there still potential to drive hundreds or potentially even thousands of clicks through to a website um, from LinkedIn? Oh, for sure. Okay. I There are advertisers out there in the LinkedIn system right now spending over half a million dollars a month. Right, wow. Um, and you mentioned, um, or um, we both mentioned targeting er earlier on, but um, um, I, I asked a few questions in, in, in one earlier on. So um, what kind of targeting opportunities are um, available on LinkedIn when you're starting an advertising campaign? LinkedIn presents a lot of targeting that is unique because it is based on the information which the users have given them. And since LinkedIn is effectively kind of an online resume, you know, people load in their work experience, you know, what companies they've been at, the job title they held. Um, people endorse one another for skills. They join groups. And you can target based on all of those aspects. Uh, so you can target based on um, an industry if you know that, you know, say, manufacturing is where you would like to target. Uh, you can target by specific job titles. You can target people by seniority in the company, whether that's uh, CXO level, director, manager, VP. And you can also um, target by the company size uh, if you only want to reach out to small businesses or if you only want to reach out to people who are you know, part of really large, large companies with thousands of employees. Um, those are a few of the targeting options that you have, as well as skills, uh, groups, gender, age. Um, there's, and you can do, that's all, you know, what I would consider positive targeting, where you say, I want somebody who has this characteristic. And one of the cool things that LinkedIn has added in the last several months is negative or exclusionary targeting, where you can actually say, that you don't want specific people. And so you could say, I want all of the people who work in small companies, say less than 200 employees, but you don't want kind of the solopreneur or the one-man shop. And so you can actually exclude anyone who, you know, is their, you know, they're the only employee in their company. 
And so the exclusionary targeting is really nice because it allows you to weed out, you know, if you're targeting an industry or if you're targeting specific groups related to the to an industry, you can exclude lower quality people, you know, whether that's based on their seniority with the company, uh, you could exclude certain job titles if you know that you know anyone with associate in their name is too low on the totem pole for what you're trying to do uh, and so not only do you have all of those great options to target and of course geographic is in there as well you have all of those great options to target but you can then exclude areas that have proven to not be effective for you and through testing you'll learn more what those are and you can really refine what you're doing so that you get exceptional quality. So there are many options there um, when you're actually getting started for the first time and potentially um, too many options for some businesses that might get overwhelmed a little bit. Um, so what's the best way to actually get started? Um, what are perhaps um, the more effective um, types of ads and targeting to do initially just to get going? I always recommend that people start out with the self-serve platform and use those right side ads. Um, obviously, they don't get great, you know, they don't get high click-through rates, which is nice because it allows you to kind of start with the training wheels on, so to speak. Um, but before anyone really gets out there and starts writing ads, uh, the first, there's a couple of things they need to do before they get started. And one is they have to really know who they're trying to reach, define who that right person is, uh, and define it in a way that matches the targeting options available to them. Um, and so the first step is that they need to really define, okay, this is the person that we want, and these are the characteristics that we'll be able to target them based upon. And then kind of working from that persona they need to create an offer or, you know, basically determine what you're going to offer them. And this is for the ad copy and the landing page so that it is relevant to the people that you're reaching so that you have a really compelling offer that your ad copy really hits a pain point or evokes a strong emotional response so that it doesn't get lost in the chatter of all of the other things that they're thinking about at the time. It's really got to, you know, make them want to click that ad. And then you've got to get have a uh, tracking system on your end because today LinkedIn does not offer any in, you know any conversion tracking inside of LinkedIn. And so whether it's Google Analytics goals or if you know you have a more sophisticated option, uh, you need to be able to track those leads on your end. And all of those things, really need to happen before you create that first campaign and those first ads. Because if you've got that foundation in place and you work from it, then when you go to create that campaign, you'll already know what targeting options to select. And then the, you know, like as we were talking about targeting, it seemed like a lot. If you have a very defined audience, you'll find it's very natural to just, you know, select the geography you want, the targeting options that match up with your persona. You already have your ads created, and so you just plug them in there. You've got all of that prepared. You have the page that you're going to send them to, and then as your ads start to run, you're tracking the results, and you know, you know what's working and what's not. And so really, um, I guess the short, short version 
start with those self-serve ads on the right side. Make sure that you do your homework before you send something out the door and make sure that you can track it. Well, that's quite a few great tips to actually get started quickly and hopefully not make um, the same mistakes that other companies make. Um, But I guess that leads me on to the next question, which is um, what are the common mistakes made when uh, when actually companies get started without any of that in mind on LinkedIn? Probably the biggest issue that I've seen is they don't take care of the tracking piece. Hmm. Uh, you know, when you've worked with, you know, other PPC platforms like Facebook, like AdWords, you just take for granted that there's a conversion pixel that you put on a thank you page and it will report back into the system when you get a conversion and you'll be able to really quickly see what's working and what's not. Uh, and since LinkedIn doesn't have that, it requires you to think first, like, okay, how do I track it? And then once you've got a solution, You have to take the data from LinkedIn. You have to marry it to the conversion tracking that you're doing somewhere else. And it's a little bit more legwork in that sense that you've got to kind of put those two together. Um, You know, I'm hopeful that LinkedIn will solve this eventually. But not taking care of conversion tracking is probably one of the most common things I've I've seen. And it's, you know, then, then you end up in this world of, you know, you're you're a digital advertiser and you don't know what's going on and your budget is going to get yanked pretty fast if you can't say what you got for the money you spent. Absolutely. I and mean, if you're spending money in pay-per-click, then um, you certainly expect to be able to pinpoint exactly which campaign was successful and um, exactly by what amount by. Um, so, I mean, you hope that LinkedIn are going to uh, improve in, in terms of their conversion tracking. Um, are there any other areas that you think um, the LinkedIn platform need to improve on and will improve upon over the next year or so? Uh, right now, their interface is a little bit difficult to work with. There's no uh, bulk editing capabilities. And so if you are running several campaigns and you want to make a small change to you know, all of them, uh, it is a little time consuming. Uh, and so, I'm, I, you know, again, I'm hopeful that they'll, they'll work on improving that. Because again, most of the other platforms offer some type of ability or tool uh, to make a lot of changes quickly. And really, if LinkedIn wants to get a lot of larger advertisers, they're going to have to solve that issue. Uh, and then just a couple of little things to keep in mind. It's not, not necessarily a mistake, but all of the data that's reported in LinkedIn is being reported on Greenwich Mean Time. <laughs> and so what, whatever time zone you're in, you just have to kind of be like, okay, if you're in the mountain time zone, you know, you're a, you know, a minus six or minus seven, whatever it may be. If you're in India, you'll have to add a few. Um, but the main objective, the main consideration there is that the budget resets at midnight Greenwich time. And so uh, with a lot of my campaigns that I've been managing, you know, being here in the Intermountain West in the United States is that budgets reset in the late afternoon. And so... You know, if if you've kind of if you're getting kind of close as the afternoon progresses, you know that you're going to get a nice budget reset in the late afternoon. And then, you know, if depending on where you're advertising to, you want to make sure that your budget isn't running out before the end of the day. And so it's a little bit of a trick to manage that so that you don't have issues because 
from everything I've seen, they, you know, it's been a long time. I don't, I don't know if that's something that's going to be coming very quickly. Hmm. Well, um, I find that a little bit funny because um, I'm actually sitting talking to you about half a mile from Greenwich in London. <laughs> <laughs> right, right beside it would be the perfect. It'd be perfect for you. Well, um, officially, I'm in British summertime at the moment, which is what one hour ahead of that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't even properly work for me. But uh, unless they're on summertime, but I, I reckon that would be unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's a lot of great information there you've you, you've shared regarding LinkedIn. It was um, um, and it's it's interesting that um, um, it's it's not perfect, but there are still lots of opportunity there, and um, um, people shouldn't be just looking at Google AdWords. Obviously, there are so many other um, advertising opportunities if people want to drive uh, immediate trackable traffic to their site. So that's a great option. But let's segue into the second section of our discussion. And that focuses on your thoughts on where digital marketing has been and where it's heading. So starting off with software I couldn't live without. What software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact the success of your business? Uh, Hands down, Microsoft Excel. Mm. (laughs) Doesn't surprise me. (laughs) I use a lot of uh, pivot tables and a lot of the advanced functions that even, you know, even Google, Google's, uh, you know, online products don't really accomplish very well. And so for, for me, you know, being in PPC, doing a lot of data analysis, uh, Excel is, you know, that's my number one tool. I'd be up a creek without it. It'll be interesting to see what uh, Microsoft do with Windows 10, because, of course, um, that was announced quite recently, um, probably going to be released in 2015. Um, but will their Office products be available p- potentially even just online, you know, and, and will that impact people like you? you know, time will tell, I guess. And, what, and another interesting thing is that they've recently made available, or it's almost here, I can't remember which, but uh, an iPad version of Office. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, 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 so I, that I think is a big thing. But you, but you yourself, you know, you you, you like the standalone um, version of the software that just sits on your PC. Yeah, I'm a little old school that way. I'm not. In, I'm not willing to put my software in the cloud. I do all my you know data and file storage is mostly you know in the cloud, so that I have the redundancy that that provides. But uh, I'm still a little uncertain about software just because, you know, your signal goes down. You don't want your Excel to not work anymore Mm. if you can't get a connection. And a slightly more challenging question. What software don't you use but you've heard good things about and you've meant to try at some point in the near future? That is a a great question. (laughs) Probably the tools that I would you know, like to use the most are some of the tools available through Adobe um, and not not really their, you know, image editing type stuff, but more um, their products. You know, they acquired Omniture a few years back and they've made great improvements with the product lines there. And so, you know, they've got some great products like Media Optimizer uh, and they're doing some really cool things on in, in that regard. Yeah, and so the Adobe products are a software that if I had a lot more money, I'd love to get my hands on. 
I wish I would have. I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? Oh, I remember this distinctly. It was actually in college. Uh, I took an internet marketing class and we had a section of the class that dealt with AdWords. And our teacher somehow you know, twisted some arms of his local business associates and got these companies to give us uh, like a prepaid Amex gift card with a few hundred dollars on it. And we had to go talk to them, kind of like a client-vendor relationship. We were in teams. We had to learn about their business. We had to do the keyword research. We wrote ads for them. And we actually spent the, you know, spent their real money. And I look back at it, and we didn't do a great job. <laughs> we weren't really utilizing you know, the correct match types. Our ad copy was weak. We didn't do a whole lot as far as helping them get a really good user experience on the site. We were just sending people to the home page. And so, I mean, I look back at that and kind of where I am today years later, and it's almost embarrassing, but <laughs> so I guess what, you've got to take those first steps somehow. Oh, absolutely. What, what year was this then? About 2006. 2006. I'm very impressed that you had a college that, um, first of all, offered an internet marketing course and uh, and then obviously let you do something like that because... <laughs> it was, it was the first time that they offered it, and they've continued offering it since, but it, it was very forward-thinking on their part. It was indeed, because, I mean, one of my bugbears is, is many universities even now um, don't teach digital marketing to any great degree, as even as part of a, a marketing course, and I think they need to improve at that. I agree. The this or that round. So this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions. Try not to think about the answer too much. I'm just looking for your gut reaction. Ready to go? Okay. Yeah. Email or Twitter? Email. Audio or video? Video. Affiliates or display advertising? Affiliates. Facebook or Google Plus? Facebook. Online press releases or one-on-one -on -one relations? One-in-one -one relations. Paid search or SEO? Paid search. Email contact form or telephone number? Telephone number. Website or app? Website. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Email subscriber. And local marketing or global marketing? Local. Yay! Just digging slightly deeper into one answer. Um, so you said Facebook rather than Google+. Why was that? Google has tried really hard to get Google+, to catch on. Um, but recently they dropped the compulsory Google+, account with a new Google or Gmail account. And I don't feel like it's ever really established the traction to displace um, Facebook as far as being that you know platform where you can pretty much reach everyone that you want to reach uh, and so you know I use both uh, I use Google Plus in much more of a professional sense uh, to keep up with business contacts and you know on the opposite side I use Facebook more on a personal side but um, Facebook I you know they were started by very 
you know, a very young Mark Zuckerberg and the company has matured along with him. And I feel like they've got the user base and enough smart people improving it that, you know, there's no way that even even Google can knock them off trying to play catch up the way that they were. That's a, a great, interesting answer, actually. And I'm, I'm glad I asked that because um, um, a couple of listeners have actually suggested to me, um, why don't you probe a little bit deeper on this this or that round? Just pick one answer and just um, question why the, uh, the interview actually um, said that. And um, I, I think it's worthwhile doing that. So, um, um, dear listeners, if you think that's a good idea, please comment um, somewhere and down, tell me if I should continue doing this. But let's move on to... The $10,000 question. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? Ooh, give me a, give me a minute here to think. That's a great question. <laughs> I would probably say that if I had $10,000 and had to spend it today, I'd spend half of it on developing really useful content for my you know potential and future customers and then you know the flip side of that coin is to take the other 5000 uh to promote that content to them uh and the reason that i would go with you know content rather than you know a new website or just spending it on a bunch of clicks is that i feel like in in my line of business you have to give first before you ask and so that would be, you know, my way of developing really good um, digital assets or really good content to give people, uh, you know, establish my expertise, let them know what I can do. And then it naturally, you know, and then promoting it so that more people see it. And that really naturally starts the conversations with the right people because it puts you in a position of a thought leader and then the people that need that you know, skill set or that they need help, uh, they reach out to you and the conversation's really easy to start because it's starting from a very healthy uh, relationship point where nobody owes anybody anything, there's no pressure, um, and you've kind of started the exchange by being the first to give something. Okay, and um, let's just probe just slightly deeper there. Now, um, you said content, um, but what particular type of content do you think you'd use? Would it be largely written-based, maybe just with a few images? Would you try and um, add video or infographics or any other particular type of content? And also in terms of promotion, um, you said you'd use half the budget for promotion. Would you use LinkedIn ads or would you perhaps try something else? The LinkedIn marketing team actually does a very cool thing where they once a quarter create an exceptionally large piece of content and uh, in its pdf download form you know it would be 40 or 50 pages Um, but what they do is you know they include a lot of really great research Um, there's a lot of imagery you know, they have a designer put it together so that it looks really great in that form. But what they do is, uh, you know, they call it, you know, they carve the turkey. And so they take this really large, you know, piece of content and they parcel it out into various forms. And so they take the information that's in there that's, you know, image-based, like an infographic, 
and they'll promote that as an infographic. They take um, some of the smaller sections and they will actually post them on blogs. Uh, they take some of the elements and they actually create uh, video of people presenting it. They create slide decks from it and put it on properties like SlideShare. And so really, you know, they take that single asset and utilize it in a lot of different ways across a lot of different platforms. Uh, as far as promotion goes, I would probably lean towards uh, somewhat of a multi multi-platform approach. Obviously, um, I know a good idea of who I would want to reach on LinkedIn. And so it, with a really valuable piece of content, uh, sponsored update makes a lot of sense. It puts it in their news feed so that it seems very organic. Uh, you're really giving them something of value. And so uh, it would work really well there. But, you know, Twitter cards work really well. Um, promoting it through Facebook and even using search platforms like Bing and AdWords and then making sure that you're capturing all of those people in remarketing audiences so that you could stay in front of them in the future going forward. I think that's um, a really interesting thought um, regarding LinkedIn strategy there that you mentioned um, because um, so many websites just publish inferior quality blog posts, maybe just four or five hundred words, um, not that focused, just feeling they have to get content out there, perhaps produced by someone junior within the business. And um, they wonder why a blog's not working for them. Um, and it really has to be great, incredible, high quality content nowadays, just to get yourself noticed above your competitors out there. Um, so, I mean, just out of interest, this original piece of content that um, LinkedIn published, do they tend to do it, um, publish publish it initially on one web page with everything being crawlable, or is it gated content that's only available behind a name and email address opt-in? <laughs> After I saw the presentation, I went and looked for it, and uh, they're actually putting it uh, in a situation where it is gated content. Okay. Okay. Interesting. But it's it's a good strategy to produce one outstanding piece, certainly. So, um, great tip there. So that just leaves us with my number one takeaway. So, Robert, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation. But what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses? I would say the number one takeaway is really know who the right person is, and define that person not just by the keywords that they might type into a search engine, but look at them more as a person. What are their interests? You know, that'll help you target them on Facebook. What are, well, what are their job titles? What kind of companies do they work for? Uh, that'll help you target them on LinkedIn. Um, but I would say the number one takeaway is that you've really got to know who you're trying to get in front of and have a very accurate picture of who that person is that way you can make sure that you're getting in, getting your stuff in front of the right person. Define your one true avatar and just keep on focusing on that person. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, that takes us to the end of our discussion today. So thank you so much for your time, your focus and your willingness to give back. What's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? Just go to my website, righteousmarketing.com or they can reach me on Twitter, Robert underscore Brady. Lovely. Well, thanks again, Robert. Thank you. 
Yeah.